Hey, what's up Elite Crew, Dr. Scott here. In this episode, we're gonna answer a common question. Many people ask, why are there so many babies getting adjusted at Elite? So in this episode, we're gonna dive into some of the more common reasons and why. See you on the inside. Hello and welcome to the Elite Family Chiropractic Podcast. This is Dr. Scott, guys. I am so excited for you to to get a chance to hear this information because as your doctors, we, your team at Elite Family Chiropractic, want you to really become empowered to know about your body, your brain, your health, and we want to give you all of the resources that you deserve. So this podcast is exclusively dedicated to teaching you, helping you to get the maximum out of your care, but also the maximum out of your health. You know, Dr. Brandon, Dr. Lena, Jessica, Paige, our amazing staff, our goal is ultimately to help you to improve your quality of life. This is gonna be a resource that is specifically designed to fill in the gaps, to tell you the truth, to give you access to resources that empower you to know how your body is made to heal, how it's made to work, so you can get the maximum out of your care, but also, more importantly than anything, get the maximum out of your life. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Enjoy the episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Elite Family Chiropractic Podcast. Our hope is that this helps you to get the maximum out of your care. We are so excited to see you in the next episodes. Go through all of them. There's going to be tons of great content that's going to help you to really learn everything that you need to get the most out of your care and to maximize your health. We'll see you in the next one. Hey guys, Dr. Scott here on the next episode of the Elite Family Chiropractic Podcast. And guys, I'm going to spend a few minutes answering some questions that are really commonly asked when people come in. You know, when you walk into our doors, you always see lots of kids. But when babies are there, it it creates a whole different set of questions. So I wanted to answer this so that this was something that you understood right away about why. So there are a number of different reasons, and I could go on probably much longer in in the reasons why than than what I've planned to, but I'm gonna try and keep this short and sweet. So when we look at babies that come in that their moms and dads are really kind of seeking like wellness care, right? Um, There is the birth that was perfect, no issues, um, totally calm, no interventions, everything was awesome. In that situation, babies are coming in because mom and dad are wanting to help the baby to start life with optimal development. Because as we mentioned in one of the prior episodes, we know that every time that there is interference to the messages coming in from the sensory environment to the child's brain, then it is going to disrupt that developmental path. When we think about what what we're trying to accomplish with babies, right? We, We are helping to keep them on the developmental track by making sure their brain is getting all of the correct, appropriate input from every organ, gland, cell, and the sensory environment. We know this because we see things like improved heart rate variabilities if a baby comes in and their nervous system is a little off on the HRV, that means their brain is gonna be slightly off of the developmental track and it can have effects that build up over time. So if we get their brain into the place where it is in the proper level of heart rate variability, We know that the parasympathetics are on the way they're supposed to, which in turn means the cortex and the brain structures that are essential for optimal development are working like they should. So that's one reason. 
but there's also a bunch of other reasons, right? So if you've never heard of the term torticollis, torticollis is a really common reason. And when babies have a pronounced head tilt or restriction in range of motion, that is diagnosed commonly as a torticollis. Um, if you've ever heard the term Rhinox, some people call it Rhinox, but it it's, happens very commonly as a result of either improper positioning during, um, during the, the pregnancy process. It can ha happen if a baby is, say, like a sunny side up delivery. Um, there is a lot of force that goes into a baby's neck. Um, if they are what's called an occiput posterior, so they're literally flipped in the birth canal versus the way they're supposed to for an easy delivery. But it can also happen as a result of too much force, traction, or twisting during the birth process. And don't underestimate this because this is a big one. I remember when I was first learning about this myself, um, it really kind of almost overwhelmed me um, how much force goes into a baby because I saw my, you know, my daughter and my son being born. And my daughter was a much more complicated delivery than my son was. Um, but there was a lot of traction. But when I started reading the data, doing the research, it made sense as to why these injuries would occur because in a normal, uncomplicated vaginal delivery, right, just everything goes smooth, there is 20 to 40 pounds of axial traction with lateral bending, which is side-to-side -side bending, and rotation. So, so let's put this in context. That's taking a baby and pulling on their head with, with about 20 pounds of force. So if they were just out of the, uter out of the uterus, and you were to grab the baby by the skull and hold them, plus their body weight, you're adding 20 to 40 pounds onto them. So that's a significant amount of force into a baby's neck that does not have developed muscle tone. So it's really common that injuries occur as a result of birth process, even in just a vaginal delivery. When you have a vacuum extraction or a cesarean section or forceps or a combination of those, those force numbers go up dramatically. Like if you're talking like a cesarean section, you're talking a minimum of 40 pounds of axial traction. When you get into a place where you're using like a vacuum, those numbers can exceed 100 pounds. Well over 100 pounds of force on a baby's neck, which is why we see so many babies that the more interventions that were performed, the more significant the force was, the greater the amount of developmental problems they're having, but the greater the symptoms they're having. So, so this torticollis is a really common presentation. And we have a lot of work to do to go in and do those, but it's very successful. Chiropractic is the best thing for helping a baby to overcome a torticollis. Um, you know, we see a lot of babies who come and have tried other things. Like they've, they've been through physical therapy, and I love PTs. Um, but when you go into a PT, the only thing they really do is they do some stretches for muscles in the front side of the neck, but they're treating a symptom, not the cause. The cause is the torque and twisting in the neck. It's the same thing as if you, as an adult, have ever had something where you wake up one day and you can't move your neck. Imagine that is torticollis, right? It's that locking of the neck, the loss of range of motion, the muscles are spasming and you can't move. When you get adjusted, especially with the baby, it helps to go and unlock those muscles, unlock those nerves, get the messages going in and the body releases the spasm. And it happens very, very rapidly in babies. I mean, we we're really always have been blown away by how fast this can change because beginning at adjustment one, we're gonna start seeing improvements in range of motion and tone. So it's something that you'll see a lot of babies come through. If you have somebody you know that has a baby that's dealing with, dealing with torticollis, let them know. Because it really is the best and fastest and by a long shot most comfortable way. Because if a baby is dealing with a torticollis, um, it's painful. I mean, imagine trying to have your neck stretched when you wake up with a crick in your neck. You're not going to want to do that. It hurts incredibly bad. So, so that's one, one major thing when it comes to a common condition. 
Another is a thing called plagiocephaly. Um, plagiocephaly is an incredibly common condition, especially in babies who have torticollis, but a lot of babies will develop asymmetries in the skull. Um, and if you, know, if you have a baby of your own, right, take a look at your child and, see, and look at their, their skull and say, does the skull look the same front to back, side to side? If the skull is not shaped the same front to back and side to side, then it can affect the development of the brain itself. So a lot of babies will be referred in um, because of plagiocephaly from uh, midwives, doulas, some OBs, um, people who are aware of the importance of, of developing craniums to be at the proper shape. Um, and that's because Dr. Brandon happens to be a, cr a craniosacral specialist and he does a lot of plagiocephaly work. So it's a really common thing you'll see here. But you'll also see babies with constipation issues, babies with reflux issues, babies with poor sleep, babies with ear infections, babies with Im immune issues, and so on. And, and the reason I kind of tie all of those together is because those are symptoms. When there is a birth process that's stressful or birth trauma, they affect the way that the messages are getting back and forth to the brain so they can locally affect the ability of things like the bowel to get the messages from the brain that the baby has to poop. Um, and, and let's kind of take that for a second and dissect it, right? So if locally at that portion of the spine there is disruption, you adjust that baby, you reconnect it, they start pooping pretty quickly. But it can also come from a sympathetic dominance, fight or flight dominant nervous system because if the fight or flight system is on, well, one of the things the brain does, it redirects energy away from maintenance and repair systems. So if you are in stress mode, your brain is going to spend a lot less energy working on things like, I need to go to the bathroom, I need my immune system on, I need to think logically, it's going to direct energy other places. We get a lot of babies that come in with reflux. reflux. And when a baby has reflux, I want you to simply understand this, right? Any parent who's ever had a headache where you get nauseous, this is the exact same mechanism. So when you have a problem with your neck, okay, messages are coming in incorrectly. Yes, maybe you have pain, but if you have a headache and you notice that when you have a headache that all of a sudden lights are brighter, sounds are louder, your sensory system seems to be off, and oh, by the way, you develop nausea as a result of that headache, that's reflux. It's improper input-output. Something is affecting the ability of the messages to get from the stomach and the esophagus to the brain correctly. So in turn, the, the nerves can only go one of three directions, right? There is normal, right? Which means that we're digesting normally, we're swallowing normally, food's moving through the GI the way that it's supposed to. There's what's called hypo, which is too low. Now, especially with babies, right? You don't really tend to see hypo with, with digestive like this. You tend to see it more like with constipation where the messages aren't getting through, but you typically don't tend to see that when you're talking about this type of an issue. The nerves actually tend to go hyper, which is reflux. So the stomach and the esophagus tend to spasm, leading to reflux. They're not digesting properly. That's a really, really common issue that we see very, very early on. Um, and we see it in a significant portion of the babies that are coming through. Even if it's not the primary reason, it tends to be one of the also factors. They have this and this as well. Uh, we tend to see issues with poor sleep. Babies that aren't sleeping well can't be in growth and development mode because something is stressing them out in the background. And so very commonly babies come in, they start getting adjusted, we start seeing their sleep, sleep levels improve dramatically. Because if there is something that happened as a result of birth process, in utero stress, ex-utero stress, which is in home family stress, something that's creating that stress, that nervous system gets turned onto overdrive and cannot rest and digest the way that it's supposed to. The adjustment 
activates the parasympathetic nervous system, helping to calm that baby's brain down, helping to get their nervous system into a place where it's going to sleep and recuperate better. Commonly, we see a lot of babies with ear infections. Um, and this can be children of any age, but babies, especially when they're starting to tug at their ears and they're starting to get ear infection issues. A lot of people have heard about chiropractic for ear infections. So if you haven't heard about this, I want to explain this to you. So many times when people take their child to a pediatrician, they are told that your child's getting ear infections because of the orientation of the eustachian tube, which is a total lie. And I don't know if it's something that's in their training, but it doesn't, it's not at all how it works. So the eustachian tube has a muscle that attaches to it that goes to your hard palate. This muscle has the job of tugging on the eustachian tube every single time that we move our head, we suckle, we, we move our mouths. It's kind of the same reason why when you're on an airplane and you chew gum and your ears pop. It's because that motion is causing the tugging effect in the eustachian tube and it alleviates pressure. When a baby has a birth injury to the upper part of the neck, there is a nerve, and you've heard this nerve before, it's called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve shoots branches, branches, branches back up into the cranium that go to that muscle um, to help it to be able to pull the fluid down so that we don't get ear infections. If the upper part of the neck is subluxated, and if you don't remember that term, subluxated literally means that an area of the spine or the extremities is misaligned, it's stopped moving, and it's causing a disruption or interference with the messages going back and forth through those areas. So that subluxation disrupts the brain's ability to get the messages from those branches off of the vagus to that muscle to drain the, the fluid out of the inner ear and the sinuses, and then it begins to congest, and then you start the ear infection cycle. That's why when babies get adjusted, it helps to improve drainage starting very quickly. I mean, I can tell you one interesting fact about babies that we've been taking care of since birth. I can, I can tell you that no baby that we've taken care of from the beginning of their life has ever had an ear infection because with consistency of getting adjusted, it keeps those areas moving, working the way that they're supposed to so that they do not accumulate fluid and so they don't have issues with drainage. Whereas we get a lot of babies who come in who've never had care before that are dealing with ear infections. And oftentimes, you know, kids that have come in through the toddler years who are seeking help for recurrent ear infections. The great thing about it is even if they're a toddler, five, 10 years old with recurrent ear infections, once we get that area moving again, we're able to go and improve the function, get those areas to stay on, and then alleviate the issues with the ear infections in time. And that, that also goes the same thing with immune issues, right? Because kids who have immune issues oftentimes have ear infections and vice versa. So we get a lot of kids who come in with a lot of chronic immune issues. And, and you know, one of the big reasons why, and, and there's several, especially when it relates to immune issues, but a sympathetic dominant nervous system is an immunodeficient nervous system. A lot of the research has been done showing the, the significant weakening of the immune system from a sympathetic dominant nervous system. There's other factors that influence it, like nutritional status um, and vitamin status. But when we look at these things, right, part of why we, we work the way that we do with, with kids is that we're going to address all of those factors, right? If you have a child or someone that's in care right now, you've heard probably a lot of these things discussed. But when we talk about a child who's coming in with immune issues, we have to also dissect where these immune weaknesses are coming from. Is it neurological? Is it nutritional? Is it deficiencies? Is it all of them? And then start working our way through those. Is it some other external factor that we're not aware of? And we figure what these things are and then we care plan to start building them up, just in the same way that we did for you when you or your child started into care. 
So hopefully this gives you a better understanding of why you see so many babies. There are a million other reasons. We get lots of babies who come in for tons of different factors besides what we mentioned today. But these are really common reasons that we see babies coming into care. So I hope that you found this useful. If you have questions, bring it to myself, Dr. Brandon, Dr. Lena. We are happy to go and address these with you so that you can have a much better understanding of other things that maybe we could help babies with um, when they come in for chiropractic care. Okay, so God bless you. I will see you at your next visit. Have an awesome day.